What's up, everybody? Welcome to What's They Say. We are on episode 21. Let's go. Right, Ty? That's right. That was my number. That was my number growing up. Oh, wow. Look at there. Our special guest, Hamilton Harper, in the building today. Number 21, go Trojans. That's right. Go Trojans and go dogs. Go dogs. Ooh, no, no, no. Go Falcons and Roll Tide. But it's okay. It's the Falcons. How's the Fire Branch Falcons? But anyways, um, Hamilton Harper is in the building today, and this is going to be an awesome, awesome episode. I'm really excited. And then we always have Ty, who also says go Trojans. They went to high school together. Community. That's right. We do it for the community, man. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, excited to have Mr. Hamilton Harper with us today. That's right. Oh, Lord. I don't know what that means, but we'll figure it out later. (laughs) But welcome to the episode, guys. If it's your first time tuning in, we're excited. We're going to hear a little bit about Hamilton. And then later on, we are going to give you guys some lessons that we learned that maybe you guys don't have to learn or will not have to learn. Or maybe you can just, if you're in it, we can give you some tips on how to learn a little easier. So excited to have you. Hamilton works with me at Free Chapel. His wife was actually already on the podcast, so maybe we'll do a poll on who's his mother. That's crazy. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But Morgan's is incredible. One of my close friends. Love her so much. Love his kids. So um, Hamilton's awesome. He's a great person from you guys to learn from. He's a youth pastor, so Pastor Hamilton Harper. Reverend, Bishop, all the things. None of those things. (laughs) Disciple. Um, He's on the podcast, and it's going to be awesome. And he likes hot coffee. I like cold coffee. Yeah. Ty likes cold coffee. But what's Bay say? You guys let us know. What do you guys like? Like hot coffee, cold coffee? It should be hot. What's your reasoning, though? It was made to be hot. When did did the whole cold (laughs) thing come about? I don't know. That is, is like, so... Just so once you go cold, it's hard to go back. It is. I agree. I think co- this is how I feel. Hot coffee makes you want to like read a book and be by a fireplace and snuggled sure. up. Yeah. Sure. Cold coffee, this triple shot of espresso makes me want to conquer the world. Well, but that has nothing to do with the cold. That has everything to do with the triple shot of espresso. I think it's the coldness that wakes me up, though. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I think it's the wait on it to like cool down. You know. What oh. I'm saying? Have you ever burnt your tongue really bad? Yeah, no, I have, absolutely. (laughs) But I kind of appreciate that. I I like, because I don't like lukewarm coffee. Mm. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes a lukewarm person. Oh, that's that's crazy. (laughs) Uh, You're either hot or cold. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But welcome, guys. Besides the fact we got our coffee today, Starbucks, you should sponsor us. You don't, but you should. With the amount I go... Yeah, I feel like yeah. I should be sponsored. I was going to suggest Racetrack. Okay. R- Racetrack has amazing coffee. The Hazelnut Coffee. If you're watching. Um, <laughs> Contact him. Please. And then also shout out Mark with the hat real quick. Godspeed. Godspeed. Yes. Godspeed's awesome. Look him up on Instagram. They're great. We just love Mark and he's a friend of What's Bay Say. So he's a good man. shout out him. Um, let's get into this. You ready? Mm-hmm. So I kind of like to start everybody off with just giving a little bit of your backstory so kind of just how you grew up I think it helps people um, relate to you a little bit more when they can know about you Um, and then you're creating some sense of relational equity with them so how'd you grow up in the spark notes version and kind of what are the big and high points to where you are now yeah so um, grew up uh, mom dad I got 
an older sister. Mm. Um, and then I have a younger brother. He's five years younger than me. She's two years older than me. Mm. And um, Harrison was a bit of a surprise. I think mom and dad were done with me. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I I wasn't a bad baby, but they did say that I ate a lot, kind of <laughs> like my son now, Deacon. Um, actually, to the point that when I was – basically, as soon as I could walk, I started getting out, getting out of my crib in the middle of the night, and I would go to the kitchen, and I would wake them up um, banging – on the refrigerator door oh and yelling God. milk. So um, they were done with me. Yeah. And then Harrison happened, and so um, we were we were all excited about that, except Hillary wanted a, a younger sister, not another brother. Mm. But, um, and she so, thought Morgan and Matt. Yes, it all yeah, yeah, out. yeah, yeah, it all worked out. And so um, grew up in church, uh, family was close, still is close. Mm. Very, we all live, you know, real close to each other, um, and uh, grew up playing sports. That was my life. Um, it was church and baseball and basketball. That was everything. Um, and parents, Can you dunk? Yes, <laughs> I can. I can dunk. On um, what, like, foot goal? On 10-foot. On oh, okay. He, he brought it up his shoulders a yeah. little bit. <laughs> yeah, we got a dunk contest we at do. SCY this coming week, so yeah. I'm going to make sure to prove that. Wear good shoes. Yeah. Fall. yeah Sorry, right. continue. Basketball. No, 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 you're good. Baseball. So basketball, baseball, that was everything. Um, I mean, it was year-round. Um, and so growing up, we were in church all the time, my mm-hmm. mom and dad. Uh, my mom sang. My dad sang also, but he mostly played the drums. That was something that he loved to do. Um, and so just we were literally in the church every time the doors were open, except I was not the most avid attender of FCY, of youth. Um, I was always practicing, and so now it's kind of interesting that I'm a youth pastor. But um, so uh, high school was fun. Uh, played a lot of ball with Ty and his brother, Ebo. Um, we won a lot of games. Praise God for that. Go Trojans community. And um, baseball had the opportunity to uh, go and play in college hmm. in Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi. Um, it's about seven, seven and a half hours away from here. And um, went out there and didn't know what to expect. I knew no one, like hmm. literally nobody. Um and got out to college and um, met my roommate who was from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Shout out to Emilio Da Silva. And um, there met Morgan, who is now my wife. Mm. She is from Montgomery, and she was there to be a cheerleader. And I liked cheerleaders, <laughs> and um, her particularly. And so um, we got real close real quick. Yeah. Um, we... Started hanging out, just our friend group. It was her, her roommate and best friend, me, my roommate and best friend. And um, we kind of, like, talked for a little bit. Yeah. Um, talked, right? Yeah. Quotation marks for those of you listening. Yes. Um, 
Yeah. What do they call it these days? It is talking. It's not dating, but it's not just friends. You're in that in between. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't like a situationship no. kind of thing either. No, yeah. it was situationship is like less commitment, like behind closed doors. Y'all were just you yeah, liked yeah. each other, but you weren't official boyfriend girlfriend yet. Yes, and so um, that didn't work out because she was she was wanting to settle down, like not get married, but she was wanting someone you know to commit to her and. As she should. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I I just wasn't willing to, to meet her um, with that. So um, we kind of parted ways, but we were still super close, best yeah. friends, um, on and off dating other people. I was doing my thing on the baseball field, um, going to school to be an accountant. I like math. I like money. I like Excel spreadsheets. Um, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> Most people, when I say that, they're just like, so weird um but but that's what I enjoyed and so I was doing my thing and um sophomore year uh had a teammate who was kind of close to me he was two years older than me we were fighting for the same position at shortstop and um anyways later down the road sophomore year he kind of was persistent and just like hey I want to sit down and talk. He knew that I grew up in church. I wasn't really living a life that was all that reflective of that. I mean, I was going to church on Sundays and stuff. Yeah. There was an awesome church out there that had an amazing college ministry um, that we were all a part of and we'd go to, but we were doing our thing on Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. You know, it was just, yeah. we were living our life. And, um, and so finally one evening, I just honestly to get him to shut up, um, I was like, okay, whatever, dude, let's, let's go talk. So we sat down. It was at a building on campus there at Bellhaven University, and he started reading me some scripture that was uh, stuff that I'd heard before. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for whatever reason, that night, the light bulb moment happened. Um, my eyes were open. The scales were taken off of my eyes, I guess you could say. And God just broke me, and I was very, very, very conscious of my need for him. Mm. And so some things really started to shift there. And that was the guy that you were fighting your position? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, which I think a lot of it probably the weight of what he was speaking to me and sharing with me was pretty significant because of the example and the way that he was living because I beat him out. As like I was starting over him, and he was a junior, I was a freshman, and that can get weird. And yeah. like we have egos, you know, <clears> like <throat> our heads are so big we can barely fit through doors. So we're, you know, normally we would be butting heads and yeah. hating each other, um, but uh, that didn't happen. And so um, God used him in that night, and obviously His Word to really shift some things, mm. and um, my lifestyle really started to change, um, and. Shortly thereafter, I go to play um, summer ball in Miami Mm. Um, after my sophomore year. I go on to tear my labrum. I hurt my shoulder that summer, ended up having to have surgery, red shirt my junior year. And when I come back, yeah, when I come back for my junior year, I see Morgan for the first time after being gone all summer. And I was like, okay. Like I, this is like I want. I I would like to pursue something with her, 
um, and no one else this time. <laughs> and so um, we, we started that and um, dove in head first. And then, yeah, that uh, we got engaged New Year's Eve, senior year, um, and then came back home, saved her. I was not going to go to Alabama. I was not going to go there. Um, Ty, I know you're an Alabama fan. Bailey, you're, you claim to be one. So does my wife. She's not. Um, but we, so we came to Georgia. I was an accountant full time, loved what I did. Yeah. Um, she was a school teacher, taught first and second grade. And we did that for about three and a half years, got married, built a home. It was all good. And then God was like, okay, serve, serve, serve. We got plugged into a local church mm-hmm. and, um, we started doing that, and shortly thereafter, one thing led to another. A door opened. We got a phone call, and um, we jumped into ministry full-time in Athens. I was a youth pastor out there for about three years. Morgan was still a school teacher, but she was teaching at Jefferson City Schools. Mm-hmm. And then loved it, learned so much yeah. after um, about three years, got the call, prayed about it, and felt led to come to Free Chapel. And now here we are. Um, and, um, Morgan has, she's on staff at our college at at Free Chapel. She's been doing that for about a little less than two years. And then we, I've been here on staff, um, for a little over two and a half years. So crazy, crazy. It's been fun. Here we are. There you are. Both on staff, two kids, a third. Yeah. So like a month in to the second, no, (laughs) heck no. Um, but you know, once we've kind of started to figure it out, um, it was just different. Going from you play zone with one, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, there's two of us. There's only one of them. Mm-hmm. We can figure this out. When you have two, you go to man to man. And so you're just like swapping baby for baby at that point. You're not. You yeah, know, and they're young. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're so fun. Yeah. Um, and so early on. I was the one, I, I actually think we were at the beach with our family on vacation after having Deacon, and I, I was the one, I I turned around and told Morgan, I was like, we're done, like, this is it. I love this kid, but we're done. And I swear it was like two weeks later, I was like, okay, we can have, <laughs> we can have some more. So yeah, um, we, we would like to have a third at some point. Lord so Lord. fun, so, so fun. Um, quick questions off of that. One... How did you know, like everybody always asks this question, but how did you know or did you think that you know that Morgan was the one? So that that really is, I love that question because, you know, Morgan and I actually do not see eye to eye on this. Um, and I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. But so Morgan is like a firm believer in like we have the one person like the one individual and it's like you either get them or you miss it. And it's just like God has ordained and created this one person. And me on the other hand, it's not that I completely disagree with that stance, but I'm also understanding of the fact that like we have free will. So it's like God can divinely illustrate and supernaturally, like, assign people to people. And he knows, Scripture says, the beginning from the end. So, like, he's already been where we're going. But 
I also know that we have free will. We have the ability to make conscious decisions for ourselves. And so I think about, you know, I dated a number of girls. I know she dated a number of guys. Like we at any given point could have chosen anyone. Like, because at the end of the day, love is a commitment. It's a choice. Yeah. It's, I mean, maybe it kind of starts off as like a feeling and an attraction, but at the end of the day, like, you know, we've not been doing this for 50 years, like some men and women that we know now, but you know, we've been doing it uh, over seven and a half years now, and we were dating a little bit before that. And so, like, we're we're past the honeymoon phase, right? Yeah. So it's a choice. And um, so I didn't know that she was the one. Mm. I, I didn't. There was – so it's funny. Morgan knew that I was the one. Yeah, she talked she, about that on here. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, she sent an email to her grandmother and grandfather, who we love and respect so much. Mm-hmm. Um and basically was like, hey, I just met my husband. And this was freshman year when I was like acting up. <laughs> I was still wild. And, and um, but she she sent that email and it was cool because um, on our wedding day, her grandmother forwarded me that email. And that was the first time I had seen it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And of course, I wept because I'm a baby. But um I didn't know. And so I remember having a conversation with my dad because we were at the age or for us at that point in life, being a junior in college, I was like, okay, my relationship with God is really growing. Yeah. I know that baseball isn't forever at this point because I'm, I'm red shirting, uh, you know, my, I've had my sh- shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I'm like, I, I'm ready to like, what's next? Mm -hmm. What is next? And so I knew naturally getting married, that was something that I wanted. I wanted to always have kids. I wanted to have a wife that loved me and I loved her. And so um, I remember having a conversation with my dad. Morgan and I were still talking at this point, junior year. I called my dad and I'm like, dad, I think I'm going to ask Morgan. This was to be my girlfriend, not to marry me. And because I just felt that, I don't know, for whatever reason, it was, there was a weight to it. All so many years passed. It was so casual for me. It's like, you're cute. Let's talk, you know, and that was it. Um, but this was different. And so I called my dad and I'm like, dad, I, I feel like if I ask her to date me, like in my head, I'm asking her to marry me. Like, that's how serious I am about this. And I'm like, but I don't know. And he said, um, I remember what he, he was basically like, you know, I didn't know either. And, you know, him and my mom have been together for a long time now. Um, but he said, you find something that's worth fighting for, and, like, you fight for it. And he's like, at the end of the day, Hamilton, like, it's going to be a decision no matter what. Mm. And so you've got to, you know, you've got to make a decision for yourself. Is this something that you're going to commit to? Um, and so I remember that night. At there, God did not write it on the wall. You know, there was not some like crazy supernatural, like yeah. some plane flew across the sky with a banner that said Morgan's the one. It was just, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to give myself to this. Um, and so that that's how it was for me. I didn't know that she was the one. I didn't know. Interesting. Interesting. I don't believe necessarily in the, the one either. I think that, you know, God has the best option for us. I do think that there is 
um, that his Holy Spirit can guide us and yeah. accountability and mentorship and all that can help lead us to a better path for us um, because the Bible is very clear about pondering the path beneath your feet and mm-hmm. um, those who ponder are considered wise. So I think that there is a significance to asking, praying, seeking oh, counsel absolutely. and all that. Yes. And that's kind of how you discover if the person is quote-unquote the one, and by the one I mean the one that you're going to marry, not yeah. the one from God. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I necessarily, because then I feel like that puts a lot of pressure on me yeah. that I could just mess up the whole entire oh, world yeah, yeah. if I married the wrong one because then somebody else is going to marry the wrong one and then we're all yeah, well, married and, to the wrong people. And how how limiting of of that on our behalf is that for God? It's like, so he, he doesn't have the ability, the divine power and the wherewithal to be able to like, I mean, I feel like, there are definitely moments in our lives where we can get it right and we can get it wrong. Like yeah. there, are, there are obvious things like that. Um, but pr- honestly, I would argue to say like we're not talking about sin. Like we're talking about marriage and committing to someone. We're actually talking about having a heart to pursue God's original intent and design for this. Yeah. So. I, you know, I, I don't think that there's necessarily... It just goes into God's will, and God's will yes. is such like a complex and oh, yeah. Yeah. crazy thing. I asked um, Pastor Aaron about this, but this is not even what we were going to talk about, but I guess I can ask you, um, and then we'll move on to the yeah. next thing, uh, unless Ty has a question off this, so Ty be thinking. But do you think <laughs> that you can mess up God's will for your life? Oh, gosh. We're going here. Yep, this is, this is a good question. Oh, man. So I think about, so what we know now is that we're under a new covenant. It's grace, right? Yeah. Thank God for <laughs> Jesus and the cross. Yes. Um, and so that's encouraging. <laughs> that's helpful mm-hmm. because now what we know is that grace, what the cross afforded us is a gift that we could have never earned or deserved. So my, I think where I go with this is, can we mess up God's perfect will for our life? There are a couple of unpardonable sins, one unpardonable sin, right? Um, it's blaspheming the Holy Spirit or quenching the Spirit, which is kind of like the idea that we turn to a sinful nature or we choose, you know, we're consciously choosing to live a life of sin and un- we're unwilling or unrelenting in the pursuit of that and we're unwilling to like listen to God and listen to the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and saying hey you probably shouldn't like you don't do this this isn't good for you this Mm -hmm. isn't good for your future and so there's a point where God's wrath is him removing his hand yeah it's not like him striking us with a lightning bolt I think we've talked about this before but it's God literally removing his hand and so I don't want to get too like theological or like Bible no, you're talky. Good. Um, but I, I just think that he looks at scripture says in first Samuel, uh, God says th- to the prophet Samuel that man looks at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. Right. Yeah. And so I think that so much of it has to do with our heart posture. And I talk to people all the time. I have students. I was on a, I was on a phone conversation yesterday afternoon with a youth pastor up in Ohio and he was talking and he's kind of at a crossroad to say yes or no 
to a potential opportunity that's in front of him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I just want to stay in the will of God. I just want to stay in the will of God. And I honestly think God in his infinite grace and wisdom, when he sees an individual that says that's their heart, like they, they just desire to be in my will. Yeah. He's like, you're not going outside of my will for your life mm. because it's a, it's a posture. It's a, it's a submitting, it's a humility that says, not my will, but yours be done kind of thing. And yeah. so God has the ability to, if we take a step in the wrong direction, he can write that step. Yeah. And so um, I just, so I guess That maybe, you can, but God will redirect you if you do, if you're seeking him. Like, yes, I, if your heart's desire is to please God, yeah, then God, like if you step to the right, then he's going to push you back to the left or send people in your life or, you know. Do yes, whatever. repentance. It's to turn. Yeah. Right. And so if if there's a person who is has a repentant heart mm-hmm. who would say, OK, I recognize there's there's a wrong way and I've been doing it the wrong way. And so now, God, I, I would like to do it the right way. I would like to boom. Yeah, I think the part where it gets confusing is a lot of Christians get stuck in that, like that pastor yesterday, where it's almost we're so we're slow to move, um, which you should take, like I said, ponder in some degree. But I think that we can overthink um, big decisions like that because of the pressure of being in the will of God. And that is where the lines get a little blurred for um, me about it, because, you know, you want people to pray and seek and talk to people, but you also don't want them to be so scared. Um, And, oh, my gosh, if I step outside the world, then my whole life's ruined and my children's ruined and the generations. And it's like, whoa, 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 you're not God. Like, you don't, you're not the one in control of all that. And if you're, I think it goes, that's a good way to put it, is it goes back to your heart's um, desire. That's just a deep theological topic. But I did want to ask you about it while we were kind of on it. Yeah, and I think we overcomplicate it, too. Like, we expect in order for us to stay in God's will, he has to speak, you know, through a burning bush like he did to Moses. Yeah. And it's like, no, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he he, he can speak to us in ways he can lead. It, scripture talks about how he leads with his peace. You yeah. know, when we have peace about something, maybe it doesn't even make sense to you, but there's just kind of a, a peace That's about it. Glasses on, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, like this is, that is all indicative of God's hand is in this. Yeah. I think peace, lack of peace, and then I've also talked about this before. Um, there's sometimes where I would make a decision, and it was very clear that one was not fruitful, yeah. and one was fruitful, and I'm like, well, God, just say yes or no. You don't need a yes or no from God when you can look at both situations and see that one is producing fruit, which is the fruits of the Spirit. If you don't know them, look them up, but love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, long-suffering, all those great That's things. Good. And That's then good. if you don't know them, if that's cool. Oh, sorry. If they're not producing them, then you don't need God necessarily to, to give you a yes or no. God's always with you and he's going to step with you. But yeah. his fruit is his voice, I guess, is what I would say. Yes. So sometimes it's like you have a boyfriend that's cheating on you who is abusive, who's not your husband, don't not in the covenant of marriage, but he's not a good person to you. He makes you feel insecure. He leaves you feeling you know, horrible about yourself, but he's cute and he's nice sometimes. And then you have a guy who's pursuing the characteristics of God, who's honoring to you in your body, who loves his family, who's like, you don't need to wait for a yes or no from God and that he's giving you the yes or no from their fruit and from their actions and letting you see things in those people. Yeah. And, and any, any 
normal human being looking at that scenario, there's no one that could argue to say, no, the the husband that is abusive and or the, the man that's abusive and this and that and the other, that's the right choice. That's the morally right choice. Like, n- no one would do that. Yeah. We all have an understanding. It is this, you know, moral standard that we've been given as, mm. as humans. It was something that was gifted to us. We all have it. That there's a common understanding. There's a baseline of right and wrong. Yeah. And and so sometimes being in the will of God is just like, hey. Yeah. Like, let's just choose the right thing. You know, let's, yeah. let's do that. That's good. And choose right for your future. That's something, too, that's big. It might not be right now. But, um. Ty, do you have, we just talked about a so many yeah, different I mean, things. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out, like, where to insert, and I was like, man. So, I mean, Bailey, I thought that was a very good comparison on, you know, the fruit. I mean, sometimes there's decisions that are, like, so obvious. It's like the Lord's like, dude, just act. I mean, yeah. it's right there, you know. But then again, sometimes it's like, you know, I believe the Lord can eventually speak to you you know what i'm saying sometimes yeah. you just need to be more patient yeah just hang out and sit still you know and sometimes the storm will just pass right in front of you and you don't have to interfere unnecessarily yeah. you know yeah um you know i think he always speaks but i think sometimes like you know in many different ways but sometimes we just happen to move too fast but i mean i think the lord would want to let you know you know as long as you're oh, yeah. in the guardrails you know and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and you know going back to all the decisions you can make, I mean, ultimately, if you're always listening to him, staying close to his voice and just reading the book, you know, doing the basics, like, yeah. you should be very close to making the right decision. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And That's good. Even if you're accidentally off, you're not off by far because, you know, you may be young as a Christian, still trying to listen, or, you know, it just, you may have let a personal preference get in the way. You know what I'm saying? But you're always close if you're always listening. So Yes. Yeah, that's good. I once heard a pastor, this is the last thing I'll say about this, and then we can move on to the final topic. I once asked a pastor about this specifically, um, about the will of God and listening and all that stuff. And he said that when you're a baby in the faith, he said you had to be spoon-fed. And when you prayed for things, you would literally see, you know, if you were praying about breaking up with a guy, then you'd get in the car, and then the radio would say break up with him, and then yeah. your mom would text you and be like, you need to break up with him. And you had to have so many signs because you were cautious and it was new, and, you know, you were a baby in the faith, and you yeah. didn't have an understanding that you have. But as you get older in your faith, he was saying that God has trusted you with his Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and will not necessarily speak to you with the blimpy or whatever that yeah. blimp, what's it called? Blimp. I said blimpy. <laughs> with the blimp across the sky uh, that says break up with him. It's more that quiet nudge, that soft stillness, that examining, that using the knowledge and the discernment and the wisdom that you've learned. And, and I was reading this morning in Proverbs, and it says that when you gain wisdom, get insight. Mm-hmm. So God isn't just saying gain wisdom to get insight, to give it for that moment. He's having you get that so that you can use that when it, these things happen. Yeah. So, um I guess it also has to do with just maturity in your faith and in your walk. Um, yeah. That was deep, y'all. Sorry, we got so deep, like, out of nowhere. But it was, it's all good stuff. Yeah. Um, and I do want to clarify. I did say something. Um, I said that you don't need God to speak to you. You always need God to speak to you. I was just saying I believe that sometimes God is up there, you know, and he has clearly given you an option and he just wants you to step out in faith he always will speak to you he always desires to speak to you but i think sometimes he knows that 
what he's put within you, you can make those decisions. Um, moving on to the next question that I want to spend the time on is lesson that we learned the hard ways so that maybe people won't have to learn them or maybe if they're in it, then they can learn it a little bit easier than we did. Okay. How how deep do we want to get? Let's start with something more simple, like silly things that maybe you didn't know that you wanted. Like I had an example of I really wanted to get my license. Like I wanted a car. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I didn't know that you had to do DMV school or whatever that's called. And then I didn't know that you had to go take a driver's test. And then I didn't know the worst part is that you have to fill up your car with gas and it costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So I would just go and drive places when I was 16 because I thought it was cool and listen to music. And then I'd have to beg my dad to give me $30 because I needed to fill up my gas tank. So it was something that I didn't know. And then when I got in it, I was like, oh, wow, this is more than I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me, um, I don't know that it's as lighthearted as that but i i think back specifically to being in high school this was a lesson that i i learned um and i had probably 557 people in my life telling me that um what i would eventually go on to learn myself so i could have just listened like Mm. you have the opportunity to do now yeah um but you know we hear the saying all the time you know show me your five closest friends and i'll show you your future and um that is so freaking true <laughs> yeah. like oh my gosh that it just it is something that like no one is exempt from and so in high school um there was a group of guys um that and, and i'm not like speaking about them in terms of like they were just bad people because they weren't yeah um we were just young and dumb honestly and you know um just trying to figure out what it was that we wanted to do and who we were going to be and and so, but there was a group of friends that I kind of started to associate myself with. Um, and it was because we talked about this before. We, you know, we, around here, we grew up on the lake. Um, and so I liked being on the lake and they had boats and we liked to wakeboard and surf and do all that good stuff. And yeah. um, we would just spend a lot of time together. But that was then when I really like got involved with drinking and just like the whole party scene and that was something growing up I mean I had not ever seen like my my mom and dad are like heck to the no with that stuff I mean it was black and white cut and dry for them and so all of this I was doing behind their back and so um one lesson is that everything that's done in secret will be brought out yep in public um you think that you're really good at hiding it um, and, and maybe you are, but it just, it's not sustainable. And then it's just, you know, be so careful about who you're spending your time with, who yeah. you're hanging around. Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing is that then I was willing to make decisions, but it was based on what I wanted then, as opposed to me being conscious of who I wanted to become. Yeah. Like I didn't have a vision for that outside of, I wanted to play baseball. And so um, I think that was what kind of allowed me to maybe make a not so good decision in spending my time with with some of these people that really got me into a lifestyle that I mean I was definitely I was raised better and knowing that I should you know, yeah. be, be actively living in and so um, yeah I would just say like be careful who you hang around 
Yeah, and uh, living yes. for the next. Yes. You're, you know, setting up your future self for success. That's just. Yes. You like are present where your feet are, but then you also are dreaming about where you're going and setting yourself up for success. Mm-hmm. Um, one kind of deeper one that I, which I told them before, was um, nobody talks talked to me about this. I never even heard of this or knew a lot about it, but that when you get out of a relationship, how much baggage you take from that person and from that situation. And um, when you, whoever you are, this is for anybody in any relationship, So, but specifically, I guess, towards younger people, when you're dating someone and you're putting your life together one don't play house Mm -hmm. until you're married Mm -hmm. that's a big lesson um so don't put the husband expectation or the wife expectation on someone who is your boyfriend or girlfriend you're interviewing them in a sense to become that but um don't awaken that before it's time that's a side note but i didn't realize that if you're in a not so great relationship, um, and this is no hate, no shade. This is just my like experiences I've taken on. And um, if you're in a relationship and maybe it's not the most healthy situation, then you think when you end it, it's cut off and it's good, and you're on your now you can be in your hot girl summer and live your best life or whatever. That is not true. Um, so mm-hmm. the longer you stay in it. And the more that you put up with within the context of this relationship, the longer it's going to take for you to get over and the longer it's going to take for you to, you know, rebuild the certain things. So um, I guess I would just say if you're in a relationship and it's unhealthy and there's a way for it to become healthy, conversations, accountability, counseling, whatever, then do those things and get it to a healthy place and deal with those problems. And then if you are in one and you and this is maybe confirmation you need to break up with them then start dealing with that right when you get out of it yeah. and don't just try to date other people to numb that feeling and don't try to be like miss independent or mr independent yeah. you know like truly acknowledge the fact that you need to get healing from that because what you don't heal from is going to show up in other areas of your life um I'm trying to think of an example like a Something that you might have taken. So, like, for me, in one of my relationships, I dated many people, so y'all can't know who this is about. But (laughs) one of them, um, if the person was mad at me, they would just would not talk to me. They would would literally, I would try to call, they would forward me, they would block me or do whatever. Um, And they would be very short or just not talk to me at all. So, out of my relationship, if I texted a co-worker, Mm -hmm. Hamilton, or called him and he did not answer, instantly I was conditioned to think that he was mad at me. Yeah. Just because of the environment that I was in, um, in that season. And so that was not true and people have lives and everyone's not the same way, but it's just what you're taught about, sorry, I just hit my mic, what you're taught about um, love and your concept, you have to unlearn some things mm-hmm. and then replace them with truths. Yeah. Um, so that was like a simple example. But um, do y'all have anything related to relationally with what you wish you knew? I'm sure probably. <laughs> I mean, I was just, Ty, you can you can go to, I'm sure you've got something um, or maybe a few things. Um, I learned everything that I know now, I learned from Ty Smith. So praise <laughs> God for that. Um, but I, I was just going to say, and this is just kind of a tag to that because what you were saying is so true. 
um, the whole casual thing, it doesn't work. Yeah. Like, it doesn't work. At If you're a guy listening to this and you Turn know, the volume up, man. No, but, but, <laughs> but in all seriousness, like, I'm not just trying to be, like, I know now it's different because, like, I am called or sometimes known as Pastor Hamilton, and so I'm supposed to have this kind of view, and I don't understand. Like, listen, before I was a pastor, I was, I mean— I was not the best person, and so I, I've i gone into relationships with the sole intention of only keeping them casual. It was friends with benefits. Like, let's just call it what it is. And so it doesn't work yeah. ever in any context. Like, even in the movie with Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake, it didn't work. Like, it, it does not. Why? Because we are literally designed. It's in our DNA Mm-hmm. To we have a natural tendency and a desire for seclusion and like being committed. It's yeah. like a, it is a thing that is in you. I don't care how like big and tough and like bad you think you are <laughs> and like whatever. Like nobody cares how many notches on your belt. Like it's, it's no one is exempt from this. And so, no matter how numb you feel like you might be to that now. I promise you there will be a season in your life and it's coming that the only thing you'll desire is someone who's committed to you yeah. and you are committed to there's there's just so much help that comes from a relationship like that it was always intended to be that way and so I I do think that um just the whole I you know we talked about this several weeks ago at youth but um, you know, hookup culture and, and just we, we treat things casual that they're not meant to be treated casually. You know, yeah. we do that with our relationship with God, you know, like I'm guilty of that. And and so it's just there are things that aren't they were never created to be treated casually. And so those things we need to be careful because there are consequences and there are side effects and there's yeah. baggage and there's, you know, there are like things that we create and situations that we create that are a byproduct of the decisions we make when we treat these kinds of things in a way that is demeaning and not serious and, oh, there's no value or weight to this. And so um, I would just say, like, be, like, conscious. Yeah. Like, be, I, I don't want to, like, this is not a warning. You know, I'm, I'm not one of those guys, but, but like, be careful and, yeah. and don't kid yourself, like, it, it is, this is a serious thing. And so we, you know, we treat it accordingly. Yeah. A lot of people speaking for, cause they're both married. Uh, a lot of single people, especially the 16 to 25 year old age group, um, and probably above, but there is this, I talk to you guys about it all the time in office. There is this thing right now where people will talk all the time, phone call, um, flirt, compliment, but will not pursue you. Yeah. And, um, like, I could probably bring on 10 of my single girlfriends right now and guy friends, too, and they're like, yeah, we talk all the time and we flirt and, you know, they say that, you know, I'm beautiful or that I'm cute or whatever, and there's just no action behind it. And um, I don't know how to fix a whole generation's problem, but I do think that... Um, I think a lot of guys think, which I'm not a guy, but I think that they think 
when they want to settle down, they'll go to those girls. But the girls that want to settle down, that are true prizes, are not waiting for guys to figure out that they're a prize. Yeah. So there's this, like, they think that when they want to be, you know, husband and wifey vibes, whatever. Um, so I guess just advice for single guys. I don't know if it's, is it out of fear or scared of commitment? Like, what do you think that that's rooted out of? Ty, do you want to go first on this? Um, yeah. Um, he laughed. <laughs> <laughs> that was a quick dish. You know, that was great for that one. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it has changed more recently, and I think you know potentially social media has a lot to do with that. Mm. Um, that quick feel, you know, the yeah. in and out, the I guess quick sensation, or you know, from you know just the way it's being presented, mm-hmm. um, the ease of access to it. Mm. You know, what I'm saying like just the whole thing um, with the absence of God becoming more prevalent, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. taking, you're pretty much going in both directions in the opposite way. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like you're going, you're, you're just, yeah. it's just not a good combination. So, um, I mean, I mean, that's kind of like a level two thing, but just, I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, and that's just, good. it's just not, the church isn't there, you know, they're not where people are spending their time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like we're being outbid by the world essentially in like all platforms. So, we're losing on many fronts, you know, which has effect on the next generation of who's consuming that content, who they're listening to. And, yeah. um, you know, and God's not there, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. the church is, you know, I'm not going to say dormant cause there's a lot of things happening mm-hmm. in America right now, but it almost needs to be level two, level three, level four, you know, amplified to kind of break through and really change the generation, which it definitely can happen. You know, yeah. I think a lot of great things are happening right now, but I mean, I know that's a multi-layered answer, but no, that's so good though. They're they're definitely getting affected in the way that they're consuming it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying at a fast pace. So yeah, what do y'all think, as guys? This is the most practical I could ever put this. If y'all could give advice to a single guy right now who likes a girl, how does he ask her out without being weird? So, I've I've always said this about like. (laughs) A number of things, but it's not weird unless you make it weird. Like, I, I feel like we just no, overcomplicate it. So weird. No, no, no. Well, you it's answer, so true, and then though. I have another question. Okay. But go ahead. But no, I do. It's like I, I think we're so consumed with, you know, the the fear or worry of like, you know, what are they going to think? And maybe some of that's valid. I mean, I, I think that, you know, any anyone in their right mind, it's like, okay, I'm going to go up to this girl who I've not talked to or. Mm-hmm. I now really like and I'm going to ask her, you know, to go on a date or whatever it might be. I mean, that is a nerve-wracking thing, but but like just do it. Yeah. I mean, this, you know, tie hit on something with the social media stuff, how indirect everything is. The only the only version of directness and largely speaking in culture today is through a screen. It's mm-hmm. text message. Like students these days in our youth ministry, they get offended if they don't know me, they get offended when I put a period at the end of a sentence in a text message. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's just, it's different. And yeah. so I, to me, I think it's literally like, hey, man, you, at whatever insecurity like you're dealing with, that's legitimate, that's real. We all have those to yeah. some degree. Um, but 
she's probably not viewing you the way that you think that she's viewing you or you're assuming that she's viewing you, like, just go. Yeah. An absolute worst case, she says no, and now you know. Yeah. And, like, we, I, I just, I think you go for In it. In person? Yes, yes. A lot of if people If it makes are sense, you know, I mean, <laughs> if it makes sense, like, I mean, I'm not saying you need to drive two out. You know, I don't know where. Yeah. Geographically, I don't, you know, I don't know the situation, but, I mean, yeah, like, in person like come on be be genuine be yeah be different i mean every other guy in the world is sliding into some girl's dms right now like come on <laughs> do you know how easy that is and how all that is is uh it's like just such a i don't it, standing out. Oh, yeah i think that ideally if i could teach a class to my generation about dating i think that the guy should go up to a girl, or if they call her, whatever, and say, hey, how are you? Cool, cool, cool. I would love to get to know you more. Like, I'd love to take you to coffee or to lunch. Um, and make sure you clarify that it's getting to know her more or say the word date. Because if you don't, then she could view it as a friend thing. A, she could bring someone along. I've done that on accident. <laughs> Or B, they go and then they pay for you and then you feel weird because you're like, is it still a friend thing? Is it not? So clarify, like, I want to get to know you more. I think you're really awesome. Like, I'd love to talk to you more or whatever. Um, and then the girl says, yeah, I'd love to. And I think that you, sh as a female, I think you should, I'm different with this way. I don't think you should say yes to every date. Um, because I think that sometimes you're saying yes to a date that you know that you are not, you know, equally yoked or you know you're not attracted to them or whatever the case is, and you're doing it to cure ego within you, but you really know that it's not going to be anywhere. You're just going to feel good because you went on a date and you're going to have something to talk about when you're with your girlfriends. So I think that you need to be honoring to guys. Um, and if there's some sense of they have, like, a good core and there's some sense of attraction, then yes, go. I don't think they have to be your perfect list to say yes. But I think, contrary to popular belief, that you should not say yes to every date. Because um, if I already knew that somebody's a no, I think it's rude of me to be like. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, you get into the whole tension of, you know, you never judge a book by its cover. And you don't know what you don't know, and which is true. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I don't waste your time. And I don't, I don't care how Christian you are, how close to Jesus you are. Like, attraction is a legitimate part of this thing so yeah i mean like i i started to pursue morgan it wasn't solely based on attraction mm -hmm. um but it absolutely had something to do with it she's hot you know like i think she looks great and i get to like sleep in a bed with her every night thank jesus yeah. that's awesome so it i don't think i i think it's two ends of the spectrum we either treat it too casually or we over spiritualize it Yes, there is a middle ground, though, because I was about to say, I know some people <clears throat> that have not asked out, like me or some of my other girlfriends, because they say that we're, like, on our husband radar, which puts a lot of pressure on them to think that they have to be a certain way or be at that place. So I guess to both of you, Ty and Hamilton, I'm just asking all the questions for the girls right now and for the guys, but um, how do girls communicate to guys, single guys, that they are dating with the intention to marry, but they're not like, oh, I'm going to pray the first night and you're going to be my husband. Like, how do you have that conversation? 
Um, <laughs> so, so if a guy like likes a girl and they say like Jim is interested in me, but he he thinks in his head Bailey is literally only she's gonna go on one date and know if she wants to marry me or not, and that puts a lot of pressure on him. But that's not the case. I'm not saying that he has to be there, but I don't know how to word that without making it too casual. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, I I would think that, I mean, is are we, like, walking around these days, like, broadcasting, like, I'm trying to find my mans and, like. No, but it's just a perception. It's, perception it's, is reality to people. So, yeah, but, but this is what I would say to that, which is so true. That is a very true statement. But distance equals distortion. Proximity equals perspective. So, like, just get to know each other. Like, it doesn't, yeah. like, it, if, if a guy's intimidated by a woman who's at that place, he's intimidated because it's speaking to his mature, immaturity. Mm. <laughs> like, that, that's a scary thing. So you don't think the girls are doing something wrong so, by carrying themselves in that way? I mean, look, we all need to have standards. Yeah. Best, be- I have a daughter. She's three years old now. <laughs> Best believe. She will. With Best Mo, believe yeah. I'm going to do everything that I can to, you know, pray, like, train up whatever we got to do to, like, ha- you know, show her the value of having a backbone and having standards and, 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 and you know, being okay with, like, who you are and not bowing to, like, cultural norms because everybody else is doing it. It's like, so if that's where you're at, like, be there. That's yeah. great. And then, and then. But I also think, too, in that light, you know, that actions speak louder than words. So, like, it's one thing to be like, oh, like, I'm, I'm at this place to where I'm, I'm looking for a man, you know, to spend the rest of my life. Or I'm at this place where I'm looking for a girl to spend the rest of my life. Well, so how let's, let's one, understand that, like, we want to get to know someone before we just, like, I mean, nobody's popping the question on the first day other than, like, some crazy reality TV shows yeah. that they have these days. Um, but, like, let's get to know each other. And and guess what? Don't Your standards don't change. Like, you get to know them, and, you know, maybe, oh, maybe they're, you know, they're also more committed than I assumed they would be. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, I think you got to try. And I'm not saying say yes to everyone, you know, um, because sometimes when you know, you know. But um, there, there's got to be some like reciprocation and just there. It's going to be uncomfortable. It, it just is what it is. Like, yeah. just get out. It's it just the DTR it. like determine the relationship. That's where everyone's lost. That's this big dark hole. That's just everybody's lost in. Well, it's to me, it's committed or uncommitted, mm. and it's like there's no in between. And so you're either committed. Looks like. I'm not talking to anybody else. I'm not texting anyone else. I'm not looking at anybody else online. Um, I'm with you. I want to spend my time with you. I'm not saying that we're getting married in one and a half months, but yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm yours. You're, like I, I want to be with you. Um, uncommitted is anything other than that. Mm. And and I know that we there are layers to that. Yeah. Now, right. So um, I understand that, but uh, I just think that that's. I don't know. We overcomplicate it. Yeah. We do. And I, I've, I've been there, so I don't want to sound, like, insensitive. Well, no, but this is hopefully lessons people we can talk about that maybe can help bring some 
it's not a black and white thing. It's very situational and circumstantial. All we can do is help give you, hopefully, tools to help you figure it out in your own place. Um, but, yeah, that's a lot about relationships. Something else, we'll share a couple more, and then we'll wrap this episode up. Something else that I do wish that I um, kind of started implementing earlier in my life was my daily devotional time. Mm-hmm. I believe that I always have grown up in church, obviously, and have had some sense of time with God. Um, but the I know reading your Bible is the hardest part of it. I know it is. People will say, I pray all the time, and I listen to worship music all the time. And then you ask them if they read, and they're like, no. So it is the hardest, I guess, in quotations, to start implementing. But there's so many great tools out there for you. Um, What you get from that time with God is irreplaceable. Nothing else. There is no time better spent than time spent in the Word with God. Mm. So you can never, you know, regret spending time with Him. You can regret not, but you never will regret spending time with Him. So I just wish that I understood the significance and just the the way that it helps me. I wish I knew that before. Yeah. So walking away with this, the tool that I would want to leave encourage you with is spend time in your word. Mm-hmm. Um, look up a Bible plan on the Bible app. Start reading the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. You know, read about Jesus's life. Take notes. Study. And I people used to say that to me. And I kind of took it to heart. But I'm telling you, the reason, I'm not just telling you to do it. The reason you do it is because you will be your best self, the best version of you, the more that you're spending time with God, because that's when you're growing closer to Him and in likeness to Him. Mm -hmm. So you will be your best self. And you are investing into God and you're investing into you. That's a self-investment. So um, why you do it is because of that. And there's like, like I said, there's no time better spent than time with Jesus. Yes. Yes, a million times over. Um, and you're probably, if you're not reading Scripture, you know, if you're not getting in His Word as, as like a consistent thing, yeah, um, it's probably because of one of two reasons. Either it doesn't make sense, which That's is like, hey, <laughs> join the club. You know, sometimes it just doesn't. It's confusing. Yeah. Or you have the stance of this is just not applicable to it, it's not current. It's not relevant. Mm. It was written a really long time ago. This doesn't really apply to my life and what I've got going on. Um, and so the latter, as far as it not being relevant, is it, it's not true. Um, God's word is living, yeah. and and it speaks um, to where we are today. It's it's actually insane how relevant it is. And then um, if it doesn't make sense. Like, what do we do in any other arena of life when something doesn't make sense? Practical things. Like, we ask questions to people who maybe it does make a little more sense to. Mm. We go to Google. Yeah. And we, like, ask Rabbi Google a question. You know, yeah. we we um, just we, – we read a book. We There's a, a litany of things that we could do. So I, I, I do know that it's worth our time. To, to understand, and I'll tell you this, our, our pursuit of understanding Scripture, God will meet us more than halfway. Um, and the Spirit of truth, Holy Spirit is known as the Spirit of truth that leads us into all truth and understanding. Like, God will begin to reveal things to you. Those light bulb moments will yeah. happen. Um, 
but it's going to start as a discipline. Like it is, it's a, it's a thing. I'm going to do this, whether yeah. I feel like it or not kind of thing. And disciplines turn to habits. And so it, it will eventually become a knee jerk reaction. Yeah. And then you'll feel <coughs> weird when you don't do yeah. it and you'll feel off. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. You know, you know, um, just like, just as sensitive when you're not reading scripture and you, by happenstance, start to read scripture, you sense an immediate shift. There's, yeah. there, you feel encouraged. There's a, more joy. There's a, more peace and an mm-hmm. area where you did, maybe didn't have it. You will, you will feel that once you create the habit of reading scripture. Yeah. Um, you'll feel that when you don't read it. It'll yeah. be the opposite end oh, of the yeah. spectrum. You know, I'm way more sassy. Absolutely. If I had like a good quiet time in the morning on the most basic level and somebody honked at me, my reaction is going to be different. Mm. <laughs> I spent mm-hmm. time with God mm-hmm. <laughs> or did it spend time with God. And yeah, like you're not flicking anybody off when you're listening to like Hillsong. No, absolutely not. <laughs> and if you are, then that's a deeper thing. <laughs> you, got, yeah. you got to figure that out. Um, also, the kind of a sweet one I was going to share is um, I shared on social media that my and everyone who knows me knows that my nanny passed away this year uh, a couple months ago and um, that was like the hardest thing my family's ever gone through um, up to date which you know we're going to go through more trials and errors but it was really hard because she was the pillar of our faith and nanny is incredible I don't have enough positive things to say about her love her so much love my papa um, who's still with us and he's the man um, but when she passed, I was talking to my friend the other day on the phone, and she has a family member who's really sick right now. And she was just talking to me and just being honest, and she was saying, you know, I'm kind of frustrated because they gave this person a lot of things to do, exercises and, you know, medicines to take and uh, ways to help her get better quicker, basically. And she's not doing them. And she said, so I just want to go over there, and I want to tell her, you know, what are you doing? Why do you not care? And I said, let me challenge you with something different. Sure, if you love someone, you give them the truth. And yes, you should encourage her to do all these things. But when I look back at my nanny's life, we did have conversations somewhat similar to that, but I don't remember those. I remember laughing with my nanny, watching The Bachelor with my nanny, um, her and I talking about boys and me bringing her flowers. And you don't always remember these I guess, like, harsh and crazy, you know, deeper moments. But just have fun and embrace your life with them and have those moments. And I told her, I said, when you get there, have a civil conversation with her make it short to the point and then affirm who she is. But then just spend time with her because you're not going to look back and you don't want to look back and remember every conversation being negative and fighting and mm. all this stuff. So um, you want to look at someone's life and remember all the joy that you had with them and the laughter you had with them. So I would just say make space to meet with people, especially elderly people in your life and family, and just have fun, create memories, you know, get to know them. I have recordings and videos of asking my papa when he got saved, and those can never be taken away from me, those memories. And so um, I would just say invest into the people who have invested into you and spend time with them and let you look back and be so thankful that you really soaked up your time with them. Yeah. I was at, it's funny you say that. Um, I was watching a video the other day. It was of a, some billionaire literally. Um, and a guy was doing like a little interview. He was in his private jet getting ready to go off somewhere. Mm-hmm. And 
he, the guy doing the interview asked him a question and was like, do you, is there anything that you regret about all of the time, you know, um, and just the, what it's required to kind of get to this place of, yeah, you know, wealth. And um, immediately, immediately, without hesitation, the guy was like, absolutely. He's like, I, my family's everything to me. And he said, my wife and I have been divorced for, I want to say it was like 10 or 12 years at this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, we have three kids. And um, he said, if there's anything that I would, he said, if I could do it over, you could have all, all of the money, I'd give it to you right now. If I could do it over, um, I, I, I want my family. I would want that time wow. back. I would want, and, and, you know, maybe that's like an extreme example. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, my grandfather passed away about three years ago and that, you know, it, it's always difficult, yeah. um, uh, how we navigate loss and, and, and stuff like that. But it, it's, it's difficult because it's just a sobering reality. Like it, it brings us back to, oh wait, this isn't forever kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like I'm human. Yeah. Um, and and so I think that one of the best things that we could do with something like that is to allow it to shape the way that we live our day to day. It's something as simple as when I go home, you know, and I get home this evening and we pick up the babies from preschool, mm-hmm. you know, and literally the Holy Spirit does this to me. It's like, hey, like put down your phone. Like you're they're here. They're right here and they're not always gonna be here. Yeah. They're growing up quick. You know, the the classic saying as a parent is, um, the days are long, the years are short. It's mm-hmm. it is so true. Yeah. Um but but just being present, social media has played a, a big factor, you know, in, in us struggling with, with that mm-hmm. these days. But um, just being there, being present, and recognizing that, you know, um, I can't control what happens tomorrow or the day after, but, like, I can control how I kind of respond and handle and treat this person or individual now. And so, you know, just doing that to the best of our abilities, um, it just, it matters. It's a good thing. That's so good. Well, any, oh, the last question. What would you tell 16-year-old Hamilton? I almost just, and then I'm in final thoughts. 16-year-old Hamilton. Um, geez, Louise. I know that's a tough one. Um, two things there, there almost seem like counterintuitive, but one, I would say, don't take yourself so seriously. Mm. Um, that's kind of the first thing. And then, um, the other thing would be check your priorities. Like, what are you prioritizing? Um, you know, for me then, of course, it was, I'm sure it was like girls and status and influence mm-hmm. and, you know, all that kind of stuff, which, you know, is maybe what you do when you're 16. Part but, of it, yeah. Um, I, I do. I, I think that I would have, because I also know that there are decisions. I, I'm so grateful I would not be where I am today if it were not because of God, like literally, um, I mean, and, and I love where I'm at. I, I, I'm confident and content with where I'm at. Yeah. Looking forward to what's to come, but, like, I'm, we're happy. We're grateful. Um, but I, I only think I know what a small decision made consistently, the impact that it can have on someone's life. Yeah. And so I, I just think about, 
you know, oh my gosh, like if I could have just started making some decisions that maybe I didn't start making until I was like 26, 27, 28 years old. Yeah. If I would have, what would my life look like if I would have started making those decisions, you know, when I was 16? Yeah. I think that's why literally we, I do this podcast is yeah. because if I can't go back to me and talk to me and change my outcome, if I can catch you before you do it or while you're in it and help you change your outcome, then that's a win for me. Yeah. That's using my story yes. to help you. Um, and hopefully something in this did help you and inspire you and encourage you. Um, but Hamilton, thank you so much. Thank you for I having me. I hope you had fun. It's been fun. It's, it's been a fun. good time. There were deeper moments, funnier moments, all that stuff. But guys, a lot of different, we didn't stay on like one topic, <laughs> a lot of different avenues. So I yeah. hope something connected with you yeah. and that you could take some of this advice and apply it. And I have a challenge for you guys. Uh, I have a uh-oh. challenge. I want you Everyone who's listening to this, I seriously want you to do it this week sometime. I want you to think of a lesson that you learned the hard way, and I want you to share it with someone, whether that's on social media, a friend, a family member. You can message it to me if you're not comfortable to share it with someone else. Um, But think of a lesson that you've learned and then how, you know, how you could help somebody get them better, like learn it better, I guess. Um, or not learn it at all, and just share your story in some degree because yeah. I truly believe that when we all work together that we're better together. So mm-hmm. my goal, one of my biggest callings in life, I didn't necessarily know when I was younger if I wanted to be a pastor or a teacher or whatever. I didn't know. Yeah. I always would say I just love Jesus and I want to communicate the Word of God. I don't know what that looks like. And then as I got older, I would say I love Jesus, and I literally have a burden to break that um, saying, I wish I knew this when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I want people to get it while they're younger. Yeah. I don't want to have each generation say that they wish this. I want to give people my full life as access for them to just learn from, take what they want, leave what they want, tweak, whatever. Um, but yeah, my life is open and available to you and transparent. So DM me if you have any questions off this. DM Hamilton. Oh, he's not on social media. DM his wife. <laughs> She'll pass it on to him. I'm such an old head. No, that's okay. And Ty, you're awesome. Thanks for coming. But yeah, guys, you have a challenge. Please do it. And if you do it, let me know. That'd be so cool to have you do it. Share this with a friend. But I love y'all. Hope you have the best day ever. And remember to look for the good in things. And if there's no good, become the good and peep the merch. What? Adios. Peace. See ya. We're gonna have a good day And all my homies wanna ride